Welcome to the Energizing India podcast, a program that focuses on electric mobility in India, giving a voice to this industry sector. My name is Ravin Mirchandani, and on this program we feature conversations with key protagonists and industry leaders, creating a narrative on how to facilitate faster adoption of electric and zero-emission mobility in India. Today, our program meets someone very interesting, as we feature a senior policymaker and regulator for the transport sector in one of India's most progressive states, Kerala. In this very engaging conversation, we cover how the great corona lockdowns impacted mobility and the economy of the state. We also discuss why Kerala has some of the most progressive EV implementation policies in India, and how the state expects to achieve its target of 1 million vehicles converted to zero-emission mobility within the next three years. We also talked about why Kerala has embarked on hydrogen mobility for public transport, including buses and ferries. We talk today to the Principal Secretary Transport for the State of Kerala, Mr. Jyothilal, who has had a distinguished career across India as part of the Indian Administrative Service, or IAS, and has a reputation for pushing the boundaries of what is possible on all fronts, policy, regulation, as well as technology. And as it so happens, he was also the first person in the state of Kerala to drive an electric vehicle. Jyothilal, welcome to the program and thank you for coming all the way from Trivandrum to our energizing studios in Pune for today's show. Thank you for the invite. Um, for our listeners, Mr. Jyothilal, it would be interesting to know, how did you come about from all of your career to be the transport secretary of Kerala. In a sense, you run all of Kerala's transportation. Yeah, in fact, it's a long journey. I would, uh, actually, I'm a product of IIT Madras. So instead of going abroad, we thought that I can stay back in the country. So I decided to stay back. And in India, a technocrat has to become a bureaucrat to survive in those times. It was uh, in 91, probably, liberalization just started. So. I got into IAS uh, in 93 and then I was in, uh, served in various capacities at the collector in, uh, in the capital city of Trivandrum, then Cannonore and uh, uh, HOD and uh, directors and secretaries of various departments including transport, IT, uh, uh, tourism and agriculture, all the base sectors. And uh, so I, it's a long journey and now I'm principal secretary looking after the all modes of transport. I can tell it's a mobility as such because whether it is air water rail road every all modes of transport i handle so it's a good uh, good thing that i could integrate all modes of transport into one ultimately when you talk about development development is nothing but mobility whether atoms move or the men move or materials move so uh, we learned in lockdown time that you know how the economy can come to a standstill if mobility is not there so mobility is very very key for productivity improvement or uh, for uh, the development. So now I handle all modes of transport in Kerala. So you were saying you, you, you joined the IAS in 1991 and one of the unique things in India is that a young recruit into the service is sent as a collector to very remote parts of India and there's many wonderful books written about it. How was your experience as being a young collector? Best of experience, the, both the extremes. I was in Kalandi, I started my career in Kalandi district in Orissa, where we used to use DAOs for uh, what is communication between the Thoma. I, I was BDO of Thomal Dambur while and under training. So I used to have, we used to have the SP, Supernata Police, he used to uh, train the DAOs who will take, the DAOs take uh, food at the SP's house and the water in the Thomal Dambur station, which is almost two, uh, two hours far away. 
So th- two hours flying. Yeah, two hours flying for the yeah. doves, and then uh, see at the same time uh, Delhi had a mobile phone which is uh, t- coming. So you see mobile to probably mobile to mobility is the transformation which is happening now. <laughs> So that, was that the good part of the story or the or the oh, other? That extreme? is other end. Well, at the same time, I was able to communicate with my batchmates in US uh, over mail. Na- those, those times, uh, NIC mail, Nick mail was uh, there, so we could integrate. I was thinking that you know how Nick mail, I could uh, send the message to another side. Uh, he may be in Gmail or Hotmail, or so that means there is intermodal. Integ- uh, what do you say? The there is a protocol for uh, communication. So why can't we have? That's why we went for actually we we brought the world's first open mobility network protocol. call for open mobility networks in the state the, uh, just like if it's like a it's a, it's like a upi or for mobility so which which makes that you know all modes of transport can be integrated though physical integration is not possible maybe digital integration is possible now so the maybe we have moved a lot from those days to, i think to present day world i think it's a very wonderful uh, world we are living excellent So so you are um, you are one of the most senior persons in Kerala and as you said all of transport reports to you whether it's rail road air sea and one of the things that's very interesting about Kerala is that um, besides the fact that you're god's own country you have the highest literacy rates uh, you know it's one of the best places in the country to live you also have all modes of transport you you uh, uh, you know uh, citizens of Kerala will be taking a ferry and then the metro and then likely a bus all on the same day which doesn't happen in many other parts of the of the country um you have a very interesting target for clean mobility and for all of the transport in the state to become non polluting can we talk about that and how you came about with this vision yeah in fact uh, kerala is otherwise one of the cleanest and greenest uh, state in the or oh, you can say it's a overgrown village or it's a urban continuum it's a cleanest place so, so the people also like environment they don't want the polluting industry they maybe uh, that as the air quality is one of the best so that's a good thing and uh, literacy is on 100% so naturally people like anything they are scientific in thinking probably as we believe that you know the greatest scientist ever born on earth is uh, was the king of kerala <laughs> that is a belief but ultimately people are scientific in thinking and more uh, aware about their rights more than sometimes more than the duties <laughs> but uh, but uh, one thing is uh, that see our vision is basically five zeros zero cash that means go 100% digital because we have got mobile penetration one of the highest zero emission that is zero emission zero waste that means then zero congestion because any city the productivity depends on how fast you move the men and the material so productivity of the city has to be improved that's where we have to learn from london how productivity tfl is able to make so that the city is more productive the congestion the time lost in the traffic time lost is life lost basically so time waste is a life waste so naturally you should have the minimum time in the roads so how to uh, how to saying reduce the congestion and uh, reduce the accidents so this were the motto for this vision with which the transport department is working now zero emission first we started with cng uh, compressed natural gas then we go, went for lng actually india's first lng bus was launched by us uh, along with the union minister that uh, dharmendra pradhan and our honorable cm had launched the first lng bus in india how long I, ago was that ah uh, that was around 6 uh, years back then we look for other alternatives alternate fuel that is how we came to electric mobility electrified is a bigger spectrum starting with the hybrid then battery electric and then 
fuel cell we reach the ultimate stage of what is hydrogen hydrogen fuel cell and for the trucks bus uh, train and sustainable aviation fuel for the as atf and uh, things like that we are exploring the potential for uh, the high the what is even uh, uh, maybe hydrogen as a fuel for uh, the uh, high end segments or the heavy duty trucks etc so electric mobility we started we actually we brought one of the we are one of the first states in the country to bring a ev policy based on the government of india direction and niti ayog direction that was something around 2018 19 we have set up a committee under professor junjunwala uh with uh, raji pillai and uh, sadish mubashir all of them are experts and they advise and we uh, 2019 we finalized the policy after stakeholder consultation we found that uh, we actually we manufacture our own electric automobile kerala automobiles we are one of psus make electric autos so we found that two wheelers three wheelers and up to cars it's ideal you know because it's cheapest initially people were not aware now i think people have started uh, what is all they started buy in fact they are overbooked there is a big queue for now buying the vehicle and we could reach a target of almost as on 29th of the, this month we could uh, uh, achieve 12005 vehicles electric vehicles i am sure it will we have got an ambitious target of 1 million electric vehicle by 2025 it's a big target ambitious target probably two wheelers three wheelers and uh, cars we will be able to achieve as you said you know water transport is another thing which is not there in uh, else the rest of the country we have got national waterway across which run from one end of kerala to the other end it's a uh, it's a beautiful uh, very a lot of uh, almost 600 uh, houseboats we uh, running in these water lakes and the water bodies actually we brought the first india's first water uh, solar boat called aditya uh, and we are running the world's uh, first uh, airport which is 100% solar uh, running on solar which we got the un award cochin international airport in fact they have got excess power and they are giving free charging so this one place where you know even if there's a fuel price hike or suez canal is blocked we are unaffected because it is a material energy comes energy is as far as sun god is there and you get the energy you store it apart from this we are looking at what is it the buses and electric buses we have started but we found that you know instead of the battery maybe the battery size and the charging time and weight of battery these are all issues and including recycling and disposal of the battery we are we started a model project for 10 hydrogen buses on a as a pilot for cochin cochin metro as a feeder bus for metro and connecting with the cochin international airport so that is also in the pipeline so the buses that you've implemented the electric buses which which make of these are these leyland buses or no uh, the, we have uh, used the byd because that was the, one of the cheapest and is that project going to go ahead now was that a pilot project or is that uh, it's be- a, it's a pilot project we explored it so we initially deployed these buses for the shabrimala pilgrims so it's a circular route of 20 kilometers from nilakkal to shabrimala where you have uh, we implemented qr code ticketing so the cost of conductor comes down so cost comes down then you have got a ready made uh, what is it, the assured uh, volume of uh, the passengers uh, numbers are uh, assured so that you need not wait for whether uh, the it will be viable or not second is we increase the fares 20% extra because it's a hill area so we were able to run without subsidy so that's a good model that means electric buses can also be viable provided one is your you should be able to increase the fare second one is you have got a assured uh, what is it the passenger traffic in that and maybe it's a circular route so that where you can charge in between and then 
Listen, um, you talked about the five zeros. So there was waste, zero waste, zero emission, zero congestion. What were the other two? Uh, vision zero, that is zero accidents. Yes, zero accidents. So that, yeah. yeah, zero congestion, zero waste, and zero, uh, uh, what is it, zero cash, which is digital. Zero cash, there you go. Yeah. Okay. And then zero accidents, vision zero. So yeah. that's a, probably the only state in India that has that kind of vision. And now to that, for zero emissions, you've also added hydrogen, as you were saying. Um, where do you see hydrogen fitting into the Kerala energy mix? Um, is it uh, buses or also the ferries that you have now uh, made battery electric? Do you see that coming onto taxi fleets, for example? Yeah, we are looking first at you know, buses, one sector, definitely. Bus trucks is another area. Trains, I was told that UK and uh, Germany and Netherlands has already got hydrogen trains which are running. Yeah, that is probably in the long run. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then aviation fuel is another. But ferry is immediate one where actually Cochin Shipyard, which is making the LTO battery uh, water metro boats, they are exploring the potential to replace the bat LTO battery with fuel cell. So uh, one such project, Government of India has also in principle agreed to try that with fuel cell in the boats. So that marine sector is one area where you got a huge potential because it's all mostly it's all diesel which they use. So they can replace kerosene or diesel can be replaced with a cleaner fuel that will help save the water bodies also in the long run. So marine shipping as well as the boat, or maybe uh, these are the two sectors, water transport are the two sectors which uh, we are uh, exploring as in the second stage. In fact, the good thing is that Niti Aayog direction that 30% should be green hydrogen. So refineries and we got enough demand from the refinery and uh, fertilizer. Now technology to reduce electrolyzer costs are coming down. Simultaneously, liquefaction is another option which is available to Kerala, probably the Hage and Kochi as the two places where LNG terminals are there, where the cold energy which is generated when the LNG is uh, vaporized or uh, become gas gasification of LNG then you can use for liquefaction. Those are the new avenues which are opening up for reduction of cost so that maybe you should, we should be able to make it maybe less than $2 immediately and less than $1 by 2030 as Reliance has announced. I am hopefully, I think that is going to be break even point where you or the cost of energy comes down to maybe less than the diesel. So that is a challenge. Then another is the fuel cell. The cost cost of fuel cell coming down and probably instead of platinum whether we can use other metals that's a research which is required in the country i think we need to have a research academia all industry everybody to come together it's interesting you say that because we i, I uh, we adore a part of a, a program with a swedish university to uh, identify exactly that can we use uh, something other than platinum to reduce the cost of a fuel cell so we you know your vision of industry and academia coming together is happening albeit not necessarily indian in the context it's happening between an indian company and a, and a swedish university oh that is nice to know in fact i was uh, one i was very happy to see that nelson and uh, ador uh, you could work and off-grid solutions where the house itself is independent it's like a reliance to self-reliance or uh, what to say independence of uh, other modes of energy to independence actually energy independence is the one thing which it's a good concept probably Mahatma Gandhi's concept of self-reliance is nothing but individual should all individual houses individual villages should be able to be energy self-reliant also so I think it's and it's um, in the Guinness Book of World Records in fact is the most yeah. visited house in the world yeah. the former Indian Prime Minister had been there I think the, the present energy minister has been there Bill Clinton has been there and this house has been off-grid for the last five years um, it is a pilot. 
just as your hydrogen buses in Kerala are a pilot and the reality is the electrolyzer is too expensive, the fuel cell is too expensive. And so it costs you many million dollars to put in something like this. But you're absolutely right. Once the cost of making hydrogen and then gasifying the hydrogen back into electricity or converting that hydrogen molecule back into energy uh, becomes cheaper, then you could actually see this being implemented in villages. We've thought more of villages, for example, in the northeast or the islands, Lakshadweep, or uh, the Andaman and Nicobar, but you could equally see this happening in villages, for example, in Kerala, where wheeling electricity is quite difficult because they're on islands or, or down the waterways. Um, your hydrogen project today is in fact a pilot because the yeah. cost of hydrogen is too expensive. So once the pilot is in place, you would have technically proven that hydrogen is safe and that hydrogen buses can be used and the use case would be proved. Yet, I expect you'd have to wait probably five or six years before you can make an economical decision to implement hydrogen buses. So what happens in that period? Yeah, in fact, uh, we, we started with the pilot. We took it as an R&D project initially. We got a MORTH approval in 2020. Uh, we have got an engineering college which under transport department which is willing to do the research and how be, what is the, what are the methods by which we can reduce the cost reduction, whether it's ideal, what are the issues which we face. Because even now, the PESO has given approval only up to 300 bar, whereas we need uh, probably up to 700 bar should be allowed. That means we should be able to pump it at uh, 1000 bar. So those are the challenges probably India will face it in the long run. But we will have to make a beginning. The, the entire journey starts with the first step. So we have, we have taken the first step. I am sure that we will be able to get these issues sorted out. There are other issues regarding the taxation, the import duty, then make in India, Atmanirbar, all those things will get addressed. Actually, there's a national mission for hydrogen, which the government of India has, honorable prime minister has announced. And it's a big project, as I know, I think it is likely to be maybe early soon, something around 30,000 crores. In the state government is also preparing a vision. Actually, we, with the GAs had help, we made a roadmap for the hydrogen economy in the as far as the mobility sector is concerned. Now, for other sectors, we are in the process of making a similar mission, just like on the lines of the national mission, which will uh, address those issues. Uh, it, you see, it's a long run, and nothing happens overnight. So it has to, uh, it, has, it is, technology is also evolving. Like uh, there is a talk of even high engines, where hydrogen plus high mm, both you can use. Engine, so high engine, then there is waste to energy, plastic to energy, uh, solid waste, the municipal way, solid waste, or uh, agri waste, we have got a lot of, we use maybe slaughterhouses, fish waste, agri waste, everything can be converted into energy. That's why this concept of zero waste also fits in. Okay. So would it be fair to say that uh, in your view of clean mobility or zero emissions, all of these technologies will coexist in the next five or six years? So it's not a question of will it be battery electric or hydrogen? What I'm hearing you say is, everything will, will be available together. And it might be that buses and boats, uh, ferries use hydrogen, but cars and scooters use battery electric. And some other forms of transport might even be waste to energy or LNG or CNG or some other kind yeah, of Yeah, it's a, actually it's ideal mix. It's what we look, it's a battery, even battery, uh, basically hydrogen is nothing but a storage medium. There might be other means of storing energy, but what is ideal, the ideal mix for each mode, that is what we need to work out. So I think it will come, it's, it will evolve by itself. And we need, we can't say that oh, this is the only thing and we will not uh, touch that. I think we need an ideal mix so that our, uh, maybe our emissions are reduced. At the same time, the air quality is maintained and uh, we have got, uh, what to say, 
uh, earth becomes a better place to live so uh, when we had raji on our show um, we asked him a question of what he thinks needs to happen and he his opinion which i really like was that the fastest way to bring about electric mobility conversions in india is to mandate that all public transport will become electric or clean mobility by a certain date because public transport is typically owned by government and they have very fast turnover of uh, of assets and so you could feasibly say within 6 or 7 years all buses for example all intracity buses if not intercity all intracity buses will be electric um is this something you're considering in kerala and what do you think of that kind of uh, mandate um to achieve this vision zero emissions yeah there is as any change for a transformation happen it's a slow process in uh, so uh, uh it's a, so you can do it by source and by force by source means you build awareness then people will adopt that's one part of it for example you make it uh, it's a people are aware that and then uh, the enlightened citizens will adopt automatically when they know they, there's a saving it's good for them and there are enough charging centers we set up the charging centers across the state uh, more than 100 charging centers have come and people have seen that you know they can take even long distance because now the range issue has been addressed 300 to 400 kilometers you get with kona and uh, next on ev so people started buying electric vehicles now there is a big queue for buying electric vehicles then they found that when the diesel prices went up they know that you know this uh, much more economically viable and your maintenance cost with uh, if you have solar then you have uh, virtually you are running with uh, it's only one one time upfront payment so that is one thing awareness by sorts then the second is by force that is where the government the policy interventions uh, one is you can do incentivize so that more people come but at the same time we we banned actually we banned the electric uh, diesel autos we said that you have to convert into either cng lng we have given various options so whichever is most cost effective naturally they will switch over to the ultra low emission technology that is one banning the elect, uh, diesel autos then second is the government first government should do then first we should show before we tell another person to follow what we did government can hire only electric vehicles such an order has been passed by, uh, the finance department is issued so naturally everyone is uh, has to hire electric vehicles only so that is by force then does that mean you need to take an electric taxi to the airport also uh, when you say no no hire- it's only government can only hire you can't buy diesel vehicles no more you cannot even hire diesel vehicles so in uh, in uh, so we now we are giving sanction only to hire electric vehicles that's why the penetration is, of electric vehicles is quite good we tied up with esl and anartas uh, supplies so no one need to call tender quotation etc so easily they can uh, they can take it from one of the renewable energy agency called anart so who which has tied up with esl and cesl so that has taken now that that is second then we can tell uh, public okay now public transport the one issue which was found that you know the cost of the buses very high that's where and then charging time was another issue then the range was a uh, one issue actually we started first we were the first ones to start intercity movement of electric buses we tried so what happened 250 kilometers between trivandrum and kochi but in between the bus has to stop at uh, maybe traffic signals so Uh, they lose the energy in that so before uh, reaching the cochin city it got uh, stuck up in between a place called haripad it was a big news they said that electric bus got stuck up i said everything is for the good so we learned where exactly you have to put the charging center so the, <laughs> you need not do any research we found practically which is the best location to set up the charging center okay then we installed the charging center at exactly where it gets stuck up 
so so we solve the issue but then there is issue uh, you have to move the people out of the while charging you uh, the the passengers cannot be inside the vehicle so that was one challenge that is where we went for we thought okay we will go for lto battery which can be charged probably with the people inside or go for fuel cell so it is evolving actually what is the best model probably time only will tell so um Kerala is an interesting state and one, on the podcast one of our quests has been to identify the most electrified state in India and it seemed like a very interesting question easy to say who's the most electric state in India and then as we started delving into it we realized that it was like a you know a multi-layered cake because you had to decide which way you wanted to dissect this because if you just take sheer numbers if you just say who's the most electric state by number of units sold a number of units on the road it would be Uttar Pradesh Uh, because of the electric rickshaws they've got you know a few million electric rickshaws between delhi and uttar pradesh running around uh, but that is just one element of uh, electrification if you were to look at public transport you'd get a different answer if you were to look at trains and 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 ferries you get a different answer and if you look at public policy in terms of as you said source versus force um you'd get a different answer yet kerala is very exciting in all of this because in your job as being the sole person responsible for all transportation all forms of transportation and having all of them in your state you have a vision um that is very very aggressive a million vehicles converted within the next 3 years um and you're talking about everything not just two wheelers three wheelers but also cars buses uh, boats and trains and your your vision is not just electrification it's also hydrogen um do you do your own comparison with other states on how you fare and uh, do you benchmark yourself with other states in india yeah there are actually there are maybe four areas we can compare one is the numbers as you said right the second is the emission carbon emission how much carbon you saved by number of kilometers it is run so you know how much carbon reduction you can bring about what is the range of how many kilometers it is run that is another area then the savings how many what is the savings which the people got the benefit these are all the maybe four or five parameters on which we can compare the states more than it's not the, actually as you said in it's not the mars which matters it's the mars so uh, uh, ultimately the end of the day how people have adopted it that is a crucial and thing one point which you said is valid so how do we make sure that the people existing people are uh, getting converted into electric i think that is where the role of retrofitment comes and the, the need for a tran- uh, the standards because once you retrofit unless it is ari approved people may do it uh, otherwise uh, just like uh, lpg they used to use it but it's then dangerous they may not get insurance then accident is there then there is a problem so we are need uh, maybe retrofitment standards for retrofitment as well as uh, the, the vehicle not only the components even the vehicle should be certified by ri i think that's one of the challenges probably i find in the but once you certify that and just like a, a cng kits were uh, approved a cng kits were there people uh, will uh, convert easily and with the petrol price going up i am sure two wheelers most of them will get converted into electric three wheelers will also get converted and cars for example if you are allow maybe a five more or 10 years uh, extra Uh, for the usage of the car once you convert into electric i'm sure people will buy all old uh, vehicle which are uh, about to be condemned including which you cannot afford uh, ford <laughs> or benz or bmw or audi so you can buy that and then convert it and use it so i think that is one challenge which i find third one is the financing part of it uh, at present the the cost of financing is quite high 
probably this should be included in the priority sector because it's uh, ultimately it's it's uh, fitting within our cop 26 uh, what is a declaration and uh, our net zero emission targets i think we should be uh, probably banks need to be given a target of priority sector lend like you know 40% or 30% this should be included in as one of that third one is insurance company should also uh, uh, allow uh, what is it the insurance coverage for these uh, Uh, certified vehicles i think that is then conversion will happen much faster i am sure we can reach 1 million otherwise it's uh, we can't force people beyond a point when it's uh, what to say it's not affordable for them so i think that is uh, that's uh, these are the two three challenges which i find in the uh, in the uh, in our road map ahead excellent so if you looked at it from the perspective of charge point operators because if you're going to have a million vehicles and you need charge point operators who are giving services such as destination or distress charging fast charging or ac slow charging um one of the problems that charge point operators face particularly in places like maharashtra uh, also in in states like delhi um is the myriad of permits you need to be able to sell a charge so in the old days it was just the permit to resell electricity but it's beyond that because you need a permit to be curbside Uh, which means you're interacting with the municipalities you're interacting with police you're interacting with transport department and you need all of these nocs in order to be able to provide a charge um to take a car a car spot sometimes you have to pay parking fees to the municipality because you're taking away two parking spots and also local government authorities and I'm not sure that's the case in Kerala but it is in many other parts of India cannot get their head around uh, business being a good thing <laughs> so you're an entrepreneur you want to set up you want to set up some business on government land you want to lease it and you want to create a service it's very difficult for them to understand as a concept uh, how how will you get around that in kerala or is it not a problem because you've already thought about it and legislated so kerala is a urban continuum i think we don't find much it because you you got light uh, you see electricity connections are there everywhere and in route and you won't find any patch of land we generally make a this thing that even god has asked for 3 feet we could give the king could give only 2 feet that means even 1 feet of land is not vacant in kerala so there are houses around there are electricity around so that won't be an issue because electricity and getting a connection and actually the power utility is looking for giving more connection so that their revenue will be uh increased actually we started the supply drone model where we set up the charging centers initially we have invested because some it's like a chicken egg situation now i think that demand is actually generated when the demand comes up now you can allow actually private sector it becomes worthwhile or profitable for them to invest we are inviting actually expression of interest for private sector to set up charging centers across the state and that is called electricity board is called i think it should it it will uh, it's a demand driven model where the private sector can uh, play a big role and unlike the petrol bunks the licenses are petrol is it's a herculean task to get a license here i think that uh, probably as of now there is no regulation by which neither peso nor uh, electricity act doesn't prohibit anybody setting up another thing is unlike the petrol where you uh, you are you can do it only in the petrol bunk you can't produce petrol in your house so here you have got uh, most of us use uh, in our electricity maybe the uh, the power plug in our house we are using it for charging so we are allowing that and we get a very competitive tariff of 5 rupees so pretty cheap compared to maybe rest of uh, it's not a commercial tariff so that's a great advantage so people don't find it difficult in fact there's a it technopark one team has gone up to 1300 kilometers they just want to prove that you know kerala across the state you can drive with uh, without yeah without any issue so excellent um 
I'm conscious of the time because you have a flight to catch back to go back to Trivandrum. Um, so I, I have two, two more questions. And the first one is from the perspective of where you sit and you have a vision for all of the transportation in Kerala. Um, what do you consider the biggest challenge that should be addressed in 2022 for faster adoption of electric vehicles? So I think uh, one is okay, uh, maybe across the country, if I tell, uh, one is okay, charging is one issue. Charging infrastructure, charging yes, infrastructure. Yeah. Okay, definitely, then the financing, as far as those people who cannot uh, afford, then uh, uh, maybe uh, the product performance, because you need to, the connectors, you need to standardize the charging points as well as the connectors, you know, so that the, as at least as well as two wheelers is concerned each person each company brings their own uh, connectors then it's like a like a mobile uh, you will need to wait for another five to ten years for the standardization so product uh, connectors performance and service network so we need to have enough because no one knows how to we need to do the reskilling of the existing uh, on automobile workshop people so all the stakeholders even the uh, the company service agents, all of them, service network as well as training the and reskilling them. Then financing, I told, you know, low interest rate. Now it almost 30, 40 percent it goes. We actually, we have got a cooperative bank, Kerala. In fact, that way, we are able to give it at uh, nominal rates. So I think uh, a low interest rate credit for uh, then safety of the uh, safety of the vehicle as well as the safety of the charging centers all the three modes of whether it is individual or vehicle safety or the uh, what is it the center safety then resale value is another thing you know when you put a strapping policy that you know so unless there is a resale value because there are two different uh, resale one is that the battery gets uh, over in five or eight years then you need to replacement cost whereas the vehicle can uh, go for 10 years or 15 years so uh, we need to put a framework by which the insurance company or the financing company can put a resale value. So methodology. Another option is in the scrapping policy itself, we need to give an extension. So the electric vehicle for retrofitment as well as uh, for the existing vehicle and uh, life can be increased so that you know, more people will adopt. I think these are the uh, challenges as far as the battery is concerned there are two things maybe you need uh, right battery chemistry so that you know you are not totally dependent on uh, what is a maybe china or any other country so lithium ion sodium ion is talked about maybe two wheelers three wheelers that might be ideal uh, then lithium carbon is uh, lto is there like that new battery i think the research in these areas is uh, very much required then as far as battery is concerned, basically cell density is one aspect and as well as the battery uh, cell life cycle uh, life cycle of the battery. I think these are two uh, things which we need to look at. I think this is where in nutshell, I think these are the things which I find is a challenge in the, in the way ahead. The way ahead. So um, the final question we ask is usually very, it's a frivolous question. Um, because of the simplicity of the question, but it always gives us a profound answer because everybody comes at this from a different angle. There's no right or wrong answer. Um, and the, the question is this, uh, Mr. Jyotilal, if you could be Prime Minister of India for one day, just one day, and in that one day you could make any decision you wanted for faster adoption of electric vehicles in India, what would that decision be? Definitely, I will put uh, that 2030 as a target, at least one third of the vehicles should be electric. 
it is achievable and uh, with all the policy interventions and probably address these gaps uh, i think uh, it is possible that at least 30 percent uh, one third should be electric excellent by 2030 that's a that's that's a very nice it's a profound answer because it's, it's it shows a lot of clarity and a, a will and an energy a vision uh, and also the willingness to work to get there um we've learned a lot about kerala and also The reason the Kerala does so well is because it's got people such as yourselves who are making the decisions for it. Thank you so very much, Mr. Jyoti Lal, for Thank coming you. to be as, part of this. As I said, it's not the willpower; it's a wish power, which also uh, makes a lot of uh, changes in the uh, in your life. Because life is, after all, look inside for everything. All answers lies inside. Thank you. I'm your host for this episode, Ravin Mirchandani. But I would not be here without the amazing Energizing India podcast team. Onkar, our podcast director and the man who makes it all happen in the end, much like a big fat grand Indian wedding bringing together the research data and attention to details all in the timelines to get the next episode out on time. Three Vikram, our podcast co-host and head of research, and Sunil, who along with me is executive producer of our program. The Energizing India podcast is an Ador Digatron production. giving a voice to the EV industry in India. If you enjoyed listening to us today, make sure to follow us on whatever platform you are listening on, whether it's Spotify, Apple iTunes or our own portal energizingindia.tv. Thank you very much and see you on the next episode. <laughs>